Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dayton Tolbert. Tonight, I'm going to be doing, uh, or I'll say continuing, uh, my special from Saturday night where we, uh, you know, came back live to discuss the events of the last few weeks. Alton Sterling, Philando Castillo, the Dallas shooting, uh, just overall race relations in America and, you know, just everything that's been going on. You know, people have been very, very tense, very angry, very emotional. And so, you know, what I wanted to do is is just provide a platform for people to, to you know, to discuss and to listen and to learn and just be informed and, and you know, and hear things from a different perspective than the media uh, has been projecting. You know, you turn on CNN, you turn on NBC, and it's, you know, it's black versus white. It's, you know, it's it's anger. It's, you know, it's these images. And, um, you know, no one is talking about things from a, well, from many perspectives, but no one's talking about things from a, a loving perspective. No one's talking about things from a legal perspective. No one's talking about things from a spiritual perspective. And so that's what I wanted to do on Saturday night. Uh, that's what I wanted to continue to do this evening is just um, talk about things from a little bit different perspective than, than what's being projected in the mainstream media. Um, one of the things that I wanted to uh, focus on uh, tonight, and, and Saturday night, just in case you missed it, it was, uh, you know, I talked about everything. Like, yeah, that was a, from start to finish, that was a three-hour show, you know, 9 o'clock nonstop till midnight, and obviously there was a lot to discuss. So that's not what tonight is going to be. You know, there was just so much to get into um, then, and there's still a lot, but tonight I really just want to focus on a few things and um, and look at, well, and I posted this on the advertisement, uh, but I want to talk about just this this race war. You know, I want to talk about the, uh, one of the things that the Bible says about what the real war is, you know, the battle between good and evil as opposed to the battle between black versus white, you know, police versus you know, non-police, and, you know, that whole narrative that's being pushed. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Steve Harvey. He said some things that um, some things that I actually agreed with that I wanted to touch on. I want to talk about, I want to throw out some statistics. I want to talk about gang violence in this country and look at some numbers, look at, you know, what I believe is misplaced emotion. Um, I should, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't, it's... It's not misplaced emotion, but it's a lack of emotion uh, regarding certain incidents in our community. You know, and I, I want to specifically throw out some numbers that will illustrate that point because you know it's, it's you know the media doesn't really talk about the, these numbers. It doesn't you know I know we talked on a, what, Saturday night. There are people who are getting killed, you know, every day that the media that won't even make the local news let alone the national news. And so I want to talk about that because and, and because the media, we we as a society have a, a very bad habit of really solely relying on the mainstream media to influence and dictate the things that we are passionate about. You know, CNN says that, oh my gosh, a black man was killed by this by this Asian cop. People say, Asian cop, what do you mean? Yeah, Asian cop, the Philando Castillo was killed by Asian cop. Not that that matters. But it's just that they say he was killed by a police officer, so everyone automatically assumes it's a white versus black thing. It's a race thing. You know, forget a police procedural thing. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, that that's not even – not saying that that's what it was, but that's not even an a, a option. That's not even – people aren't even open to hearing 
well, hey, maybe this is what happened. People aren't interested in forensic evidence or the actual results of an investigation. It's like, look, this keeps happening. And I get it. You know, we should be angry. And I'm not saying people should not be angry. I'm not saying that we should not be outraged. I'm saying that we need to be outraged about everything. You know, any loss of life. You understand that? This is, I mean, this. I'm a Christian. This is a Christian show. You know, everything I do is from a biblical standpoint. And so from my perspective, from a biblical standpoint, we have to be looking at things how God would look at things. And there's no separation of life. There's no black lives matter. There's no white lives matter. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's, we matter. It's, we are all creatures of God put here on this earth. The Bible says, thou shall not kill. It's not about you know, who is being killed or, you know what I'm saying? It's not about that. None of this is about what the, what CNN is pushing. And so we got to get back to what the Bible says. And that's one of the things that I want to do tonight. I want to talk about some other things as far as what's going on in the world. I want to talk about this new show, uh, Preachers with uh, Jamal Bryant. Uh, I, I haven't got a chance to watch an entire episode, but I got a chance to watch several clips you know, that I saw online, and I was very disappointed, and so I wanted to touch on that. Because, um, like I said, I don't talk about stuff without having experienced it or seen, you know, on some level myself to be able to form an intelligent opinion, but now that I was able to do that, people have been asking me, like, yo, what do you think about this new show? I said, well, look, I haven't seen it, but I want to talk about it just, just based on, you know, what I've uh, what I've seen. And it, and it actually ties in to what I want to talk about tonight, you know, which is the whole uh, well, we'll get into that. Like I said, well, you know what I'm saying? We'll talk about that, man. But uh, let me, let's say I want to start off, okay? And again, if you missed Saturday night, because this is everything I'm talking about tonight is a continuation from Saturday night. You know, notice I don't usually do two two live shows in a week, or I should I should say I haven't done that in a while, but this is literally, you know, a direct continuation. Because I didn't, I ran out of time. I could have talked all night Saturday night. I could have, that was three hours, I could talk for five hours, but I wanted to uh, come back tonight and just continue the conversation because there's more to be said, there's more topics, and, and, uh, and you know, so that's that's what I want to do. One of the things that I said, and I've been very vocal on um, on social media um, about about this, about many things, about these, these events, and just the, 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 just the opinions that I've been seeing floating around on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and just, you know, and, and even the media coverage of it. And that's, for me, what is most outraging or outrageous um, for me because it's just like pe- the things that I'm hearing, the the, you know, just the comments and the hatred and the anger and the ignorance, it's just at an all-time high, you know, and, and I want to just touch on it. One of the things I said on, online was um, I said that the government is doing and has done an excellent job convincing us that our biggest threat is a race war between black versus white. I have a family member who asked me, she's like, yeah, you know, I want you guys to move. I want you guys to, you know, are you okay? I know you guys are, you know, kind of around that, you know, that element. I said, well, yeah. She's like, yeah, the, you know, the police. You know, I'm like, the the police. <laughs> I said, I said the, I said where I live, I said the police. I don't even see the police really, to be honest. I said the police aren't really an issue. I said that for me, as a black man and as a family man, I said my biggest concern is, is these niggas out here. You know what I'm saying? Is 
you know, walking to my car or, or you know, going for a, a walk in my dog at night. I mean, I'm here in Philly. I mean, you guys are in Philly or wherever you are. I'm sure you've heard similar situations. People are getting robbed and mugged and killed just from walking their dogs, just from, you know, crossing the street, just, you know, people running up on them doing stupid stuff. And I said, so that's my biggest concern, you know, going out with my family to a mall or, or you know, going to a, a, a an event where it's going to be crowded. You know, you don't, you're pretty much almost certain to see a fight or, you know, someone, some type of altercation, unfortunately. And that's just the reality of, of society and the reality of our community. And we got to start having an honest conversation about the reality of us. You know, we the media wants to paint this image of black versus white, and then we want to refuse to look in the mirror and look at our real problems. We want to act like, oh, we just want to follow their lead. Oh, yeah, the cops are the problem. You know, let's fight the cops. They're the, they're the biggest threat. It's like, what are you talking about? The biggest threat is being robbed, mugged, shot, you know, having your home burglarized, especially if you're in the hood. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, if you, you can just look at statistics. You can just look at the reality of it. If you, if you go out, you're not worried about the cops. Not saying that it can't happen, but how often, I mean, really just ask yourself, like, let's, let's have an honest conversation. Like, however old you are, whatever, however, whatever you do, however you live your life, honestly, when is the last time you went out and got pulled over by the police? Like, I was asking my wife. She hasn't been pulled over for, by the police in, in years. And, you know, I'm pretty, and I ask around, like, yo, when's the last thing you got pulled over? No, I haven't been pulled over in a while, but I heard some. It's like, no, but, let's, but really, you specifically, when did you get pulled over? And that time when you got pulled over, what was that experience like? 90% of people who I've spoken to, 90% of people who are listening right now, if they're being honest, have never had a problem. And if they have had a problem, it, those incidents are few and far between. Let's just keep it, keep it real. You know, and that's, again, that's not to take away from people who have had problems, but I'm just saying statistically, and, it, you know, just being honest, that's not our biggest problem. But then again, you know, you ask, okay, who has you know, gotten in a fight with a, a nigga who's, you know, had their car broken into, who's had their house broken into, you know, who knows someone or who actually has had some type of criminal activity as a result, you know, happened to them as a result of, you know, where they live or being in a certain environment. And, and you know, and everyone's hands is going to go up. And so I think what we have to do is really first and foremost start being honest about our real problems. Again, that's not to ignore the large, uh, a, another problem, which is a discrepancy and an inequality, you know, and between how white citizens are treated by law enforcement versus how black citizens are treated. That's absolutely a problem. I don't want anyone to take away from this, you know, that that is not a problem. But to say and to follow the media's lead that says that is our biggest problem is ludicrous, okay? It's ridiculous, and we need to stop it. One of the things I and I talked I touched on this earlier. I said that the Bible, when you look at the Word of God, when you when you really look at what God says in Ephesians six twelve, all right, it says, "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil." In the heavenly realms. Now, I I just really I mean like that 
scripture, and that was the NIV right there. But I just, really, and that's where I want to go with this tonight. I'll go a couple different places, but I want to just really look at that because everyone's heard that scripture. But what a lot of people don't do is look at that scripture from an actual everyday community-based standpoint, society-based standpoint, mass media standpoint. This world is evil. Okay? And when you look at why the world is evil, you have to look at who controls this world. Who controls this world? The rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, the spiritual forces of evil. You know, and again, that's the because we talk about this a lot. The 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 police, the police, you know, the overall law enforcement, the entertainment industry, the sports industry, the you know, politicians, the government. These that's the real evil. The media. You know what I mean? These are the forces. These are the rulers, the authorities that the Bible, that God himself is speaking about, that we as Christians need to be aware of and focus on. The main issue here, guys, is not black versus white. It's not flesh versus blood. It's the rulers, the police, the government, the media, okay, these politicians that are controlling and pulling the strings of this race war that's being very, really not so quietly engineered. Right in front of us. We're playing right into it. All right? There's a lot of evil. You look at these celebrities, you know, look at the BET Awards. I just got finished talking about the blatant satanic symbolism that's being seen on the BET Awards and, you know, MTV Awards, the Grammys, the Oscars. You know, now, and it's not, and so there's that, there's that blatant, you know, there, those are those blatant things that you will see all over. But then on an everyday level, you know, on a small, somewhat smaller level, you see these commercials. You know, you see these radio shows. And if you guys notice, there's a very disturbing trend that's going on out here. All right, and that trend is before you would have the the celebrities would be, you know, the rock stars, like the the people who are just out there, like the little Kims, the Madonnas, the uh, Howard Stearns. The uh, you know like the the people they would give talk show talk shows to and things like that media outlets you know platforms to were the people who were just known for being wild and openly you know anti God and things like that. But now it's you know it, unfortunately things are changing, and you know especially in our community they're making more of a an attempt. It's not, well, it's not even an attempt. They're just discrediting the church. They're taking, quote-unquote, godly individuals or church folk, church people, they're mark- and, and they're making satanic shows, shows that push a satanic agenda, an anti-God agenda, you know, violence, crime, sex, drugs, homosexuality, you know, and they're, they're, so they're taking those pieces, but then they're using church type of people to push that agenda. Well, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? Well, in the start a few years ago, you know, what was that show, uh, Preachers of L.A.? You know, they are infiltrating the black church because a lot of things, that they don't, people don't realize how much power historically the black church has represented and has brought to the table. You know, look at Dr. King, people like Ma- even Malcolm X, not, you know what I'm saying, a different type of church, but just that same force, that same power to rally people. You know, slavery went through these churches 
you know, civil rights, all these things went through these churches, these spiritual worship centers. They have always targeted those. They've always identified those as being influential places. And so now, as far as their attack goes, they're targeting these, these places. They're targeting the church. All right, they're taking people like these these quote unquote respected preachers, you know Dietrich Haddon, you know some of these other magic mega church pastors who have huge followings. You know what's this new show they have out, The Preachers? What was the other show, Sister Wives or whatever the heck it is? There's all I mean they're popping up. Why do you guys think these shows are popping up? It's not a coincidence. They're popping up because there's influence in the church. So what better way? to discredit the church, to cause the church to lose credibility than to target certain influential people and get them to act a buffoon. You know what I'm saying? Act like a homosexual. Be accepting of homosexual homosexuality. You know, sex, open relationships. You know, whatever is hot, whatever agenda is being pushed, you target someone to speak out in in favor of it or to make a joke about it and in doing that it causes the church as a whole to lose credibility there was once a time where you couldn't pass that type of stuff off in the church because there was actually go figure there were strong leaders in the church but now as these pastors have become more greedy more uh you know looking for fame and fortune and, and more influence and power, they're becoming, you know, and just, well, it all comes with it, but increasing their, their reach, you know, their influence, they're, they're unfortunately feeding into, basically they're selling out, you know, to, to simplify. They're selling out. They're selling their morals, their, their spiritual convictions for, for the almighty dollar. You know, what am I talking about? Who, who we, I mean, you know, like I said, you look at Dietrich Haddon, you look at some of these guys on Preachers of L.A., what, Preachers of Detroit. I never saw that, but I got a chance to watch Preachers of L.A. And, um, and, it, and it's real. It's buffoonery. It's coonery. It's not of God. If you look at Preachers, you know, you got Jamal Bryant, who, and this is the craziest thing about it, you know, he is someone who has been very vocal in the Baltimore area, you know, you look at the Baltimore riots, this guy was, you know, everywhere. He was on CNN. He was uh, leading rallies and things like that. So this is someone, again, who has been targeted because of his influence. You turn on CNN, you put a well-spoken, educated, successful black man on CNN who has influence, who has power, who has the voice and the ear of the black community. Well, what do you do? What do you do if you're, if you're someone looking to infiltrate the black church? Well, you give them a microphone and say, hey, look, we want to give you a talk show. You know what I'm saying? We want to give you a talk show. Well, what do you, what do you want me to talk about? Well, we want you to, you know, do you want me to preach? you want me to preach the word of God? Well, you know, not so much. You know what I mean? Not, not so much that. We, it's more so we want you to be like a regular worldly talk show, but just throw a little bit of the, the church in, not God, not, and, and certainly not Jesus Christ, but just, you know, just be funny. Just be entertaining. And we'll just call it the preachers because you are a preacher. Not because you're actually preaching the word of God on this particular show. You know what I'm saying? And it's ridiculous. And you pay, you know, we'll pay you a whole bunch of money. You know, now you don't have to do anything super crazy, but just keep it light. But what people don't understand is the Bible is not light. Right? The Bible is not, you know, it's not anything to be played with. It's certainly nothing to be joked about. 
You know, it's it's very it's very firm, very direct on how God feels about certain things, about sex, drugs, violence. You know, and, and specifically the type of people who will and who won't inherit the kingdom of God. I turned on uh, the preacher show. I was watching it today, actually, and uh, and Jamal Bryan and I don't know the other people's names on there, but they were basically saying that they were. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was funny because they were talking. They had Monique on there, Monique and and her husband, and they were talking about you know open relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what they were talking about. They were talking about open relationships, and it was interesting because I'm thinking, okay. You're gonna see Monique, or, you know, or excuse me. I knew, I know Monique. I know what they're gonna do. They, you know, they're gonna get on there and talk about. It, they're gonna laugh about it, be a, be a buffoon about it. But I'm thinking, okay, you got these pastors, and I knew they weren't gonna really check her, check her. But I'm thinking at least they would be in disagreement with it. You know what I'm saying? At least, but not not one person even, you know, offered any type of. I'm not going to say criticism because it's not their place to criticize them, but even offered any type of opinion that would coincide with what the Bible says. And that, that to me, was unfortunate. I, I think about this topic and I look at, you know, I think about um, Tyrese and Rev Run. It's very similar. It's the same format. It's the same exact format. It's Preachers of L.A., Preachers of Detroit, uh, you know, you got this show, The Preachers, you got, um, you know, you got Tyrese and Rev Run, someone who's obviously living of the world, in the world, Tyrese, versus someone who is supposedly, you know, of God, supposedly a reverend, Rev Run. But then you have these people who are interviewing atheists, interviewing people, you know, talking about sex, making jokes about sex not really offering any type of counter-narrative, you know, from a biblical standpoint. And what that does is it weakens the church. Because you can look at people like the pastors and the preachers, and you can look at Rev Run and say, well, hold on, I thought you, I thought you were a pastor. You know, you look at people like T.D. Jakes even, you know, who, who also has been very, you know, uh, liberal in his – um, approach to discussing a lot of these worldly issues, whether it's homosexuality, sex, and you know, it's and it's just very watered down, and uh, it's it's really sickening, to be honest with you guys, uh, it, you know. And uh, so I just want to talk about that, and you and I say that because, like I said, I want to continue the, the conversation about race relations, but again, this is all connected because the whole point of the media's coverage of race is specifically designed to to dis, to 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 disguise this blatant and deliberate attack on the church that's what it's that's what it's all for it's all to distract and because people are not listening because people have allowed the media to take precedent over, you know what I'm saying, what they believe, what they see, you know, versus what they believe, you know, from the, from a biblical standpoint, you know, everything is, is going downhill, you know, and it's unfortunate. So let's, like I said, so Saturday night, though, I, I talked a lot about uh, Philando, uh, Alton, uh, Sterling, and, you know, I, 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 
I posted a video of the of the brother who was telling, you know, parents and and other people how to successfully narrate, or excuse me, navigate um, these police encounters. You know, as far as where to put your driver's license, where to put your insurance card, and where to keep your hands, and you know, in, in full view of the police, and you know, all these things. And you know, I and that was a really good video. Check it out on my page. Because I believe that's a conversation that we should all be having with our kids, with our loved ones, because it is real. You know, it it will save a life. It saved my life. You know, like I told you guys, I was, you know, pull, I, I got pulled over. Uh, I probably get pulled over more than most, like I tell you guys, because I deal with cars. You know, I sell cars. I transport cars and do different things uh, in the auto industry. And so I'm always dealing with, you know, dealer plates and, you know, different things. And so I, I encounter the cops. So I'm always very uh, very deliberate about how I speak to them, how I interact with them, because that could be a matter of, you know, life and death. I, death. I've never, you know, gotten pulled over. I think I talked about this on Saturday. I've never gotten pulled over and been scared. I've never been fearful. And that's what the media wants, right? I mean, they want us to be fearful. You know, they want us to not be respectful. You know, they want us, they, they want these shootings to continue. You know, we're going to see people engineering these these shootings soon. I mean, if if it's not already happening, just to continue to, the conversation, just to continue this outrage and this, this push to incite the race war. We're going to see all that. That's all coming later on. But I want to talk about Steve Harvey. He, he I was watching his show. Actually, I wasn't watching the show. I was watching, I just saw a link. From this particular, um, you know, conversation that he was having, but he was saying that, you know, and pretty much what I've been saying is that we need more black fathers, specifically fathers, and what he does with his children, you know, teaching them how to interact with police, you know, and he was talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and expressing the need for change, <clears throat> you know, in the in the legal system, you know, in the law enforcement arena. If you will, and I think that what we got to do is, and I agree. A lot of people were criticizing him. They were saying, "Well, you know, we shouldn't have to, you know, give that type of advice. You know, if if white people don't have to watch what they say, you know, with white, you know, with uh, other with white police officers, you know, why why should we have to, you know, watch what we say or behave a certain type of manner? Why can't we say the same type of things? It's because we're black." You know, I mean that's I mean that's the common sense answer. I mean we're black and, and and we live in America, you know. And the reality is things are not equal. So at the end of the day, it's not about how things should be, you know. It's about how they are, you know. It's about whether or not you want to come home at night or do you want to be shot dead in this in in your in your car or on the side of your car on the sidewalk, you know. Shot down like Mike Brown in the in the in the head, you know. And the rea- I mean the reality is. <clears throat> Excuse me, we have to, you know, take some responsibility. And I said, this is where it becomes unpopular, you know, becomes controversial, whatever. But, I mean, like I said, I know what it is. And, you know, we really have to teach our cops, not just, excuse me, our children, not just how to talk to cops, but how to not talk to them, how to not behave. Because I've personally seen, like, I've been driving by, I've been walking by, I've seen men and women getting loud with the cops. I've seen altercations. I've seen people resisting arrest. Like, let me just tell you this. And I'm not talking about any particular case right now. But people need to understand 
you're not going to win a fight with the cops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, if you fight the cops, you're not going to win. That's one, you're not going to win, period. You're not going to beat up a cop, walk away, and that's just be it. You know, you're either going to be dead or you're going to be in jail. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just how that ends for you. Because they call for backup, 15 cops show up. They t- I mean, it's just, or that one of them shoots you down. It's, that's just what it is. And especially, and I, I've seen so many, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just having an honest conversation. But I've seen way too many times black men on the ground, handcuffed or being restrained, and they're struggling. You know, I'm like, like, what sense does that make? No, I mean, seriously, I'm just just from an honest standpoint, like from a common sense standpoint. If you have, if you got two cops, you know, on top of you, you got one cop on on to, on cop on top of you. Why are you moving? Or if a cop says, I saw another cop of uh, excuse me, another video of a black cop. You know, he picked a guy up, slammed him on the ground because he was he was resisting arrest. He was not following instructions. I'm like, if a police officer tells you to do something, that's a lawful you know request. Why would you not do it? You know what I'm saying? Why would you make it so that it has to become physical? They're trained on on takedown maneuvers. They're trained to restrain you. They're trained to shoot you in certain instances once it has already become physical. And we as citizens on a large scale are not informed, not by the media, not in many cases not by our parents, not by these schools, colleges, whatever. They're not informed. They're not telling us what that police protocol is. I mean, I try to do the best I can with telling y'all, like, yo, this is how they're trained. But most of these young kids out here, they don't know, you know, what allows police officers to use deadly force. They don't know what their own actions can bring about legally. And so what often happens is because we're not given this information on a large scale, we end up having out like when there's a shooting, because like now it's not even like, I mean let's be honest, there is no at this point. I mean think a lot's happened, you know a lot has happened, but at this point no one's even asking, like yo what happened, you know no one's really asking, you know like what was the circumstances surrounding his death, you know or you know what I'm saying what led to the shooting, like what did he do, what did he not do, like no one even cares. It's just like another black man is shot. Forget the fact that he had a gun. Forget the fact that he was struggling. Forget the fact that he made a sudden movement that appeared like he was going. No one even cares about that. So let's let's march. But I'm, what I'm saying is let's inform ourselves. It's like if you go for a job interview, don't you at least want to know what the qualifications for that position are? You know what I mean? Like don't you like you need to know that. You need to know what what to say, what to do in order to give yourself the best shot at getting that job. And it's the same thing with these police. You you at least want to know what to do, you know, and if you do it, what the consequences will be. You know, and so I, I think that's where that's someone asked me, you know, what, do, what can we do? I think that's where we need to start. And you start with educating ourselves, edu- edu- educating ourselves on the law. You know, educate. You know, if you have a gun legally, you need to educate yourself on 
the protocol for how to you know carry that gun, who who you can shoot, who you can't shoot, what are the circumstances in which you can you know discharge your weapon, um, how to interact with police when and if you get stopped with a weapon on you you know on your person or even or anywhere in the vicinity. I told you guys on Saturday night, I got stopped the other day and I I actually had my gun on me, you know what I mean? And they were asking me like, yo, where is it and you know, where's your license? And just, you got to have all that stuff tight. You got to know. And it's, I mean, especially if you have a gun. You got to, I mean, that just puts them on like, on, if they were on seven, they, you know, they go to 10 immediately once they find out that there's a gun involved. So you just got to be careful because, again, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about black versus white. You know what I mean? It's about, do you want to live or do you not? Do you want your son to live? Do you want your daughter to live? Do you want it to be an incident or you just want to go home with them saying, all right, you know, all right, that's, you know, it's cool. You have a good night. Let me tell you guys something. Watch this. I've been, if when I think about it, in the, in the history, I'm just off, this is just off the top of my head. I've probably been pulled over, you know, I'll say, I'm just, you know, I'm 38 years old. I'll say maybe 10 times, maybe less, maybe a few more, who knows. But let's just say an even 10 times. It's somewhere around there. Some most mostly, I say about half and half, half white, half black, um, and I'll say that, you know, I, I've never I've never received a ticket. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not you know no need to lie. I've never I've been pulled over, but literally every single time I've had an incident with a cop, even the worst incident that I've ever had with a cop. Two weeks ago that I told you guys about Where he had the gun in my face And was literally harassing me, insulting me Even then, ironically, I didn't get a ticket He's like, you know what, I'm just going You just get out of here, just go home, man Just, you know what, they they run my stuff They make sure it's cool They see my humble demeanor My respectable, you know, respectfulness You know, and then, and at the end of the day Like, you know what, alright man Just slow down next time Or don't run that stop sign next time Or you know what, just go ahead and you know, get this paperwork straight, or whatever the case is, is, you know what, they, they, because these cops, 90% of the time, it's, again, not 100% of the time, but 90% of the time, based on my personal experience, and even experiences of other people that I know, they're, they're more afraid of you than you are them, okay, they're not, most of the, most of the time, they're not looking to shoot you, they're not looking, they're expecting, and this is coming straight from the mouths of cops, some black cops, they're expecting the, the, the this is what you got to understand, they're expecting the license to be expired. They're expecting the registration to not match the license plate. They're expecting to find illegal guns or illegal drugs in the car. They're already expecting that. So they're already at a heightened sense because that's, that's what happens every day. You guys understand that, right? That's what ha- that's what they experience every single day is illegal guns, illegal drugs, expired licenses, no registration. They're doing live stops. They're towing cars because, you know, they're putting people in jail. They're finding marijuana. They're finding coke. They're finding all types of stuff. So that's what they're expecting based on their own personal experience. It's not, in many cases, it's not racial profiling. It's just being real. It's just they're based, it's based on experience in certain situations. And this is all coming straight from the mouths of actual Philadelphia police officers. What I'm saying to you, you know, black cops even. And so what we got to do is we've got to change their expectations, make it so that you surprise them, not in a bad way, but you surprise them by not being a nigger, not being ignorant. 
Now, yes, are there going to be times where you do everything right and things just go bad? Absolutely. I'm sure that, of course, there will be those times because we live in America. But that is not the majority, and that doesn't have to be your story. And we need to start telling these kids that. These cops, and I'm not justifying it because, they, you know, their fear of us is not an excuse for racism. It's not a, a license to, to shoot, to kill, to, to beat up. You know, not at all. But again, it's not about right. It's about going home alive. All right. Speaking of going home alive, let's you know, and I, I posted a link to uh, a classic episode of Family Matters that I just wanted to touch on. It was where uh, Carl Winslow, you know, his son got uh, pulled over, you know, and was harassed by some racist cops, and it was interesting. If you hadn't seen it, you know, you know, check it out. And he confronted them, and you know, you know, basically filed a complaint against those two officers. And it was, it was a good episode. I, I remember that. I, see. And this is a whole other topic, but see, Family Matters was one of the few shows, the only shows, that I was allowed to watch. That came on Friday nights, TGIF. You know what I mean? Who remembers that? You know, and everybody watched Family Matters. See, but what people don't know is that I, that was like it. It was Family Matters. We watched uh, TV on Thursday nights, Different World, Cosby Show, Family Matters, Friday, um, and that's it. <laughs> I'm just thinking to see, like, that that was it. That was the extent of my TV. And, you know, and we got to get back to that. We got to get back to parents actually caring what their kids watch on TV, monitoring what they listen to on the radio, on their iPods. You know, it's, it's really, and it's all connected, you know. Because um, a lot of this stuff, these, they're watching these, these news shows, you know, CNN, and it just, you know, it's just planting these ne- this negative this this negativity in their uh in their minds, you know, social media even. You know, I didn't have social media when I was growing up, but now I can only imagine there's so much stuff on the internet. They got these kids got phones, they can search the web and go on World Star Hip Hop and you know, this is 50.com and they're seeing all types of ratchetness and it's just it's just getting into their souls. And unfortunately, there's not that balance. You know, at least back in the day, it was like, all right, you see what you see Monday through Friday or whatever, but, you know, we're going to church on Sunday. You know, you're at least getting the word, and that's just what it was. There was no choice. There was no option. But now it's just like, you know, these parents aren't going to church. Their kids aren't going to church. And so there's nothing spiritual-based to to counteract the world, the, the world unfortunately. You know, and we got to get back to that. We got to get back to actually being parents. I was driving home from somewhere uh, this week, and, uh, you know, it was just kids out, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, just, you know, running around, standing on the corner, you know, and they're wondering why these kids are getting gunned down. I mean, it's crazy. I just don't get it. Like, I... You know, when I grew up, when I was growing up, I I didn't play outside. I mean, I played outside, but I played in my backyard, and I played in front of my house, on my porch, like literally in front of my house, not like around the, the corner, not up the street and, you know, down the block and around the way. It was, I played in front of my house, period. You know, you see these kids, they're just wandering miles away from where they live, and, oh, can you ride me back to the crib, or, when was the last time you were home? I I, I went to school and they, they they don't go home. 
They go to school and then they're just out. Then they somehow come home 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night when they're hungry or when they're tired. It's like, where have you been all this time? Where do your parents think you've been all this time? Or do they care where you've been this time? I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, am I, am, I just, am I the only person that sees this stuff? I mean, like, you know, like no one's talking about this. I mean, these are questions that should be asked of every parent. Why are their kids wandering around? Why are they wandering around? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and no one cares. And then it's like, oh, when one of them gets pulled over by the cops, you know, when one of them gets caught in the crossfire, of gang violence or just, you know, robbed or stuck up, then it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is a tragedy. And it is. But it's just like a parent's job, a parent's real, really their only job, their main job, the most important job a parent has is to protect their child. You know, just like if you're a, if you're a, a parent and you have a, a, a toddler, a newborn, He's sitting on the bed. You don't let him roll off the bed. You don't you don't let him walk down the steps. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't let him do all this stuff that you know is going to cause him. As a parent, you don't let him stick his fingers into the the electrical socket. That's your job as a parent to protect that that baby. If he's hungry, you feed him. That's what you do. But your parenting responsibilities, just like you did those things when the child was an infant. You have to continue to do those things when they're a teenager, you know, when they're an adolescent. You've got to continue to protect them, and that protection is different, but it's protection nonetheless. You've got to protect them by telling them, no, you're not going to be walking or wandering around the, the, the neighborhood at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. You're not going to be, you know, hanging around this crowd of people. You're, you're going to be respectful to the police. You're going to respect authority. You're going to have manners. You're going to eat with a fork and a knife. You're going to put your napkin. I mean, there's so I mean, you know, there's so much stuff that's just not being done. And then again, when when the police discipline our kids in their form of discipline, then we want to cry and we want to riot and we want to protest, but that's not we can't be mad at them. I mean, it's our job to protect these kids. And again, bad things happen when you do everything right And that's when we can be mad in those instances But if you know as a parent And I'm not talking about anybody or any particular incident But I'm just speaking generally Like if you know or you know of somebody Who deep down you know you're not really a good parent You know your kids are walking around out here You know you know they have a reading problem But they got on new Jordans and, and so much stuff You know they come home with you know, with with toys or with money that they probably shouldn't have. You know your kid is selling drugs. You know he's hustling. You like you know you don't have proof, but you you know what's up. I don't want to hear nothing about Philando or Alton Sterling or or Trayvon Martin because you you know what I'm saying like you know like that you you have not done what you should do. You're actually contributing to the problem. And I think that's what we got to get back to. We got to get back to calling out parenting that's not sufficient, that's inadequate. You know, we got to start calling out hypocrites. You know, who who say they want to snitch on the police, they want to, you know, they want to, they want justice, but no one is calling for justice 
with these people who they know are committing these crimes. You know what I'm saying? The drug that you you know there's someone selling drugs out your house, or excuse me, out of the house down the street from you. That abandoned house, that boarded up house. You know there's drug activity. You know there's gang violence not too far from you. You know you actually can identify the people who are doing these things, but you choose not to. And again, I'm not saying do it like I told y'all Saturday. I'm not saying turn them in, but don't sit there and turn your nose up at the cops. You know when something happens, that's that's hypocrisy. You understand that? You know, and so we got to get back to just being real and being honest, you know, and having an honest conversation about uh, about our responsibility. All right, let's take a look at uh, gang violence. Now, let's, I mean, not even gang violence. Let's just take a take a look at violence. I I pulled. I didn't do a lot of statistics on Saturday night because I really just wanted to talk about, you know, what everyone was talking about. I want to talk about these deaths, these murders. But I, I really, at this point, I want to look at just some numbers because they're very staggering. All right, now we can look at some numbers from a, a national standpoint because um, those are astronomical. But I pulled up some numbers just from Chicago. All right, just from the Chicago area in last year. Okay, just 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 last year and just in Chicago. All right, there were 677 shootings. Okay? That's 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 a lot. You know, wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me hold on. Let me just look at something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 677 shootings compared to 359, and that was only after a few months, okay, compared to 359 at the same point last year. I think that was, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that was like March or April. You know, so less than half of the year, and you already had 677 shootings. That was up 88% from the uh, the prior year, all right? Now, let's look at in 2015, there were tw- the whole for the year 2900 2900 shootings just in 2015 okay that's 13% more than the year before um and there were 468 murders 400 listen 468 murders in Chicago alone this is just Chicago Close to 500 people were killed in Chicago. Close to 3,000 people were shot. Okay, 3,000 people. That's so we're talking. I mean, and I just want to put things in, and that's just in one year. Now people are, and I'm, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be upset about these shootings, but 3,000 people were shot in in one, in one year. In one city, I think we can all know. You know, no one's you know slow, no one's stupid. We all know that the vast majority of those shootings were black people shooting other black people. Okay, those were not police shootings. That's a whole nother statistic. But we have to do better. And I'm not even talking about we. Have, I mean, we do have to do better. But that's not even the point. 
The point is that we have to really care about that because what's happening is we're not caring because the media is saying we shouldn't care. You know, and I, and I'm not see people say, well, how do you know people don't care, and how do you know people aren't? No, no we, we, let's just stop that. You know what I'm saying? Like stop right there before you even part your lips to say that. Just stop because you know and I know that the vast majority of these people out here protesting do not. I'm not gonna say some of many of them don't care. Let's be clear about that. Many do not care. But many of them, most of them, do not have the same level of, of caring or of outrage when it's a white person, when it's a police officer. And again, as, and we're talking about Christians here. It's, you know, Christians are supposed to have a different code of ethics, a different code of morals. It's, it's, a, it's based in the Bible. And there's nowhere in the Bible that says that people should be separated or there should be one, more outrage of you know one particular shooting than there is another you know police shootings should piss us off more than you know a blood shooting a crip or you know latin kings or you know anything like that four corner hustlers i mean you know it's all foolishness you know we're talking about close to 500 murders you know in one year in one city and america is being outraged over the deaths of two. Well, what about the rest of those five? I mean, imagine, I don't even, I'd even pull up the numbers, what it is nationally. We're just talking about Chicago. Can you guys, I mean, can anyone imagine what that number is nationally? Like how many people have actually been shot? If, we, if it's 3,000 people in just Chicago, you know what I mean? Close to 500 people were murdered in just Chicago. What about Philly? What about LA? You know, Compton. You know, uh, freaking, I mean, you know, all these cities. And we really got to get our heads out the sand, man, because it's not, it's really, we're our own worst enemy. You know, Black Lives Matter, to me, is a joke. A lot of people have a problem with that. I don't care. Again, let me just say it again. The Black Lives Matter movement is a joke. It's, and I'm not going to say that the organizers of it did not mean well, but unfortunately, they have, they have the Black Lives Matter movement has allowed themselves to become a pawn in this war of uh, of this race war. They've become a pawn. They're being used. They're now being used as as operatives. You know, you know, to to push this this movement of of them versus us. You know, I mean, when you look at these types of numbers, and the only time you hear Black Lives Matter mo- the movement, you know, is when it the shootings involve a police officer. To me, is a joke. I just don't. See, I mean, like I said, I I will not apologize for that. I will never sugarcoat my thoughts, my feelings on it. It's a joke. And, and again, I told, I said this on Saturday night, I believe. I would not have as much of a problem with, with the movement if it was called something else. I have a serious, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's like the epitome. It epitomizes hypocrisy. When you can, when you can look at three 
thousand shootings in one year in one city. B- blacks killing blacks, three thousand, and then had the audacity to part your lips to say Black Lives Matter when you have three thousand black lives that were almost taken, three thousand shootings. How do you, how do you justify saying that? I'm, you know, and again, I'm I'm open to calls and, and and thoughts and opinions, or you know, but I just I just it's if there's another word other than hypocrisy that applies to that, let let me know. But again, listen to what I'm saying. How do we how do we as black people say our lives matter when we are killing when when there have been thousands thousands of shootings. Part our lips to say that our lives, that we believe our lives matter when we are killing each other at, at, at all time high rates. I, I don't, I, I do not understand that. I, I will never understand that. It makes zero sense from a logical standpoint. Listen to what I'm saying. We, we as black people are saying black lives matter. When we are killing each other at a rate literally of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, more black people have been killed by black people than were ever killed in, 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 you know, in, in lynchings throughout the entire civil rights movement. Killed more, we've killed ourselves more than any of that. Like the KK, when you look at KKK and Jim Crow and all this stuff, then you then you look at Bloods versus Crips and gang violence, and then you be like, "Dang!" And they, I mean, don't even bring up police. I mean, you know, don't even don't even bring up the police because that's only a fraction. That's not even really a part of the conversation statistically. If you really look at the the discrepancy of you know how them killing us versus us killing. I mean, that's not even that's not even a number, really. That's not that's not that's like a fraction. That's like less than ten percent of of all of the killings, of all of the shootings. And so we really, and again, I'm not, and two percent would be too high. You know, if there's if there's two percent of an unjustifiable, you know, police shooting of a black man, then that's too much. That's too high. I'm not making light of those shootings, but I'm just saying for us to act like that is a a bigger problem and to follow the media's lead in saying and trying to convince us that that's a bigger problem than us us killing ourselves is you know, it's ludicrous. It's asinine. It's, you know, crazy. You know, but really look up but like I said, look up these statistics on your own um because we have to do better you know, we have to stop these killings. Um, we have to respect ourselves. We cannot expect, you know, them, you know, police officers, the government, the judicial system. We cannot expect them to respect us when we are obviously not respecting ourselves. You know, just just yesterday, what was it, yesterday or what's today? Wednesday, what, Monday, Sunday or Monday, 
there was a triple shooting here in Southwest Philadelphia. Like literally, like the day it was a Sunday because the day after the show, I remember like doing the whole three-hour show talking about all this stuff Saturday night. Then I wake up and it's like a triple shooting. Like these kids, you know, were were leaving a basketball game and somebody just hops out, you know, shooting. Obviously with an illegal gun, just shooting. Open opens fire. I think he shot off like ten rounds. He emptied the clip. A lot of these guns only have ten, you know, ten shots in them. You know, the extended clips, you'll probably get, you know, 17, 17 shots. You know what I'm saying? If you have, like, some type of drum or, you know, that's where you get the or an extended clip, 30 shots, 100 shots, whatever. But, you know, he had a regular gun. He just jumps out, you know, shoots up, shoots like 10 times, shoots three people. One of them dies. One guy got shot in the face. I'm assuming that's the one that died. Another guy shot in the leg. Another guy shot in the arm. I mean, just how do you how do you shoot up a basketball court because you lost? But yet we have the audacity to say our lives matter. You shoot up a, a basketball game where there's obviously innocent people, innocent bystanders, but but our lives matter. We want to convince the the world that our lives matter when we have people that do these things, that do these crimes. And we're not outraged about them. There are no marches organized for this stuff. There's no, you know, rallies. There's no Facebook social media conversations. These names will never be known. There's no hashtags. I'm just as bad. I don't even know their names. You know, the guy who died. I don't know his name, the guy that died here in Philadelphia. Do you? His name won't be on CNN. And my question is why? Because the guy that hopped out shooting wasn't white? Because he wasn't a police officer? And that's that's a that's a problem. And I'm not I'm not even saying that it should be. I don't expect them to tell our stories, but if we hear about this stuff, I mean I could post this. I could post the link right now. No one's outraged, no one cares, no one say, Oh, dang, yeah, I saw that. That guy posted something. Oh yeah, three people shot dead. Three people shot, one died. There's no outrage. There's no. Just go to my page. You'll see it. No outrage. Nobody cares. I'm not even talking about people from Philly that that probably have heard this. And it's like, okay, yeah, I already know. But there, I, you know, you guys follow me. Some of you guys are in Texas, Dallas, you know, whatever, uh, Atlanta, you know, Kentucky, wherever you're listening from right now around the world. You didn't know about that, but you saw it. It's like, oh my God, three people were shot. Why does that not outrage you? Enrage you You know what I'm saying That's a problem And we really have to all self reflect on You know why Why does why does the media Determine what we are outraged about You know I said that online I said this is a true tragedy That won't make CNN Because his killer isn't white You know this kid uh, Evidently was going to college He was a good kid but uh, in fact, I think back. I think back. Uh, I would. I used to. Well, I play ball. I still play ball now. But I was young. I was maybe what, seventeen, eighteen, and I was playing basketball. Very, very similar situation. You know, it was a basketball game, and this guy was. Uh, it was like you know you you were he was running with a full head of steam. He went up for the shot, and he got fouled hard. But the guy who fouled him. 
Like it was like he he got pushed into this this steel beam. His momentum carried him into the beam, and you know it was a hard fall, hard hard foul, and he took a hard fall. And he got up like very very wearily. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, niggas, I'll be back. Hold on, matter of fact, hold on, stay right there. I'll be right back. And this dude was going to the car. You know what I'm saying? He he said, hold on, y'all stay right there. I'll be right back. And I was gone. I ran check. I literally grabbed my bag. I was out. You know what I'm saying? I literally was gone. You know, and, you know, I thank God for that. You know, I thank God that his bag wasn't right there with a gun in it. But, you know, listen, guys, this stuff is crazy. We have such – I've never seen anything like it. We as a community have the the least respect for life of any uh, nationality, any group of people, any culture that I've ever seen in my life. And I've been around all cultures. I've been around all white people, around Asians. I've been, you know, we literally, as black people, anyone says anything different, they're a lie. It's a lie straight from the pits of hell. You know, we live in a society where you could have a, a foul in a basketball game. You could look at somebody the wrong way, and you could literally lose your life. There's no other race. There's no other culture where you can lose your life as easily as you can in our community. I challenge anyone. To say otherwise, I challenge anyone. There's, listen to what I'm saying. We have this Black Lives Matter movement, okay? But there is literally no group of people in the entire world where it is as easy to lose your life as it is in the black community. I challenge anyone to disagree with that statement. Because it is 100% true. We there are more guns floating around. There's you know the this you know I don't care mentality. It's just it's just you know it's ridiculous. Now the irony is that let Donald Trump say what I just said. Let Donald Trump pose that same question. You know the same exact question that I just posed, and not a soul will question me on it or disagree with it. Not one person, because every single person knows it's 100% true. But let Donald Trump say it. Let Bill O'Reilly say it. Let anyone but me say it or of a different nationality say it, and they're a racist. How about that? You understand that? It's not racist when it's the truth. Back in the day, and this is what the media won't show you. This is what people also don't care about. But Hillary Clinton called us super predators. She said we are like – she said we're like super predators – and, you know, and like dogs that need to be brought to heal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, and and the the funniest thing about that, as mad as I want to be at her, as much as I want to disagree with that statement, I know the context in which she was speaking. I know the same, the types of people that she was referring to. But it's amazing. Let Donald Trump have called black people super predators. Let Donald Trump have even said anything remotely close to be, you know, referring to us as dogs that need to be brought to heel, and they're a racist. But Hillary Clinton, you know what I'm saying? You know, she, you know, she can say that type of stuff. Her and Bill, they can do no wrong. Obama can do no wrong. You know, we have, and this is where it really gets crazy, <clears throat> we have the audacity. Because, you know, everyone's talking about this boycott thing. You know, right? They're talking about, let's, let's boycott. You know, and it's, it's, they're talking, and I get it. It's like a text message. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a secret. Let's boycott 
you know, Target. I shop at Target every day. Like, what are you talking? Like, I shop at Target every day. You know, I, I've gotten, I do a lot of things in the community. Back in, the, in my previous life in corporate America, you know, Target has always been supportive. They're, you know, and you guys can research this stuff. Target gives a lot of money. Like, when you need sponsors and you want somebody to give you $200 for your program, your nonprofit, whatever, you know, Target will give. Coca-Cola will give. You know, a lot of these, these companies, I, I, I get it. I know the role they play, but I'm just saying these are places that, especially Target, that the black community utilizes. I specifically go to Target because I don't like going to Walmart, you know, and I like getting nice things for, for a, a small amount of money. And so somebody had the bright idea because somebody got killed by a police officer, boycott Target. Now, my question is, <clears throat> Yo, what the heck is that going to do? You know, first of all, it's not even going to happen on the level that it would need to happen for it to even make a difference. I mean, that's that's not it's not going to happen because that's just not what we do. We're, you know what I mean? But aside from that, let's just say hypothetically, that is not the problem. You understand that? There's a problem with 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 ignorance about the law. There is a problem with race in this country. There is a problem with racial profiling in this country. There's a problem with specific uh, racist cops and trigger-happy cops. These are the problems. Let's address the problem. You know, a lot of these, these, these like the Dallas, you got the Dallas Police, Police Commission, you got the black guy. I mean, you know, you, know, you got actual black people in charge of these, these in, in many cases, in you know, positions of power. And people still want to riot, like, yo, it's racist and it's this and that. It's like, well, yo, you, you got a black man running the freaking police department. Like, the the Philadelphia police commissioner is black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is one of the, the, what, the fifth largest city in the in the country. The police commissioner is black. So is there a problem with police here in Philadelphia? Absolutely. But you see what I'm saying? Like, we got to put this thing in perspective. You know, it's not, everything isn't, you know, let's riot, let's boycott, let's protest. You know, some, and, and this is another, so I mean, that's the, so Target and Coca-Cola, I said online that that's just, boycotting these things is just stupid. I said online that people will boycott Target, but they'll ignore the crimes of their local neighborhood drug kingpin. I said that they'll they'll continue to watch shows portraying us like buffoons. You got Love and Hip Hop, Empire, you know, Power, Scandal. And I'm not and I'm not going, you know, I watch I watch I'm going to watch Power and I'm going to enjoy Power. That's that's just, you know, I I actually enjoy it. I'm not sitting up here, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not going, you know, front for y'all. I'm going I'm not even going to lie. I, I'll tell y'all what it is. Like that's a real show. Like, is it a is it show us in a positive light? No, it's a show about drug deals. I've watched The Wire and different things. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't watch certain things, but I know what it is. I'm not going to sit here like with this with my head stuck in the sand like, oh my gosh, you know, you know this and that. No, this is no, it's negative. It's all negative, you know. But then you got love and hip hop. You got empire. You got scandal. You know, the have and have nots, black women being portrayed as whores, you know, adulterers, 
how to get away with murder, adultery. You guys know every prominent black woman on TV is is a whore, right? Is an adulterer. Gabrielle Union on Being Mary Jane. Let's just count them out together. Gabrielle Union, adulterer, whore. You know, I'm talking about the biblical definition of a whore, an adulterer. Gabrielle Union. Olivia Pope, Kerry Washington's character, an adulterer, a whore, scandal. Tika Sumter's character on Have and Have Nots, an adulterer, a whore. Freaking, um, you know, being Mary Jane, Olivia Pope, Have and Have Nots, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, an adulterer, a whore. I mean, does the list need to go on? You know, I mean, and I'm sure I could go on. You got loving the, all the loving hip hop ladies. You know, at some point we got to say that those are the real problems. But we're watching these shows. We're we're loving these shows. We're supporting these shows. But you want to boycott Target? Well, why not boycott? Why not boycott Scandal? You know, why not boycott Empire? Cookie, an adulterer, a whore. I mean, like, like come on. <laughs> like, at what point do we stop and say like, yo? You know, let's boycott these shows. But you want to boycott Target? You want to stop drinking Coca-Cola? The heck is that going to do? Not a darn thing. So let's just stop that. You know what I mean? Let's stop the foolishness. Let's stop the craziness. And just just stop. All right? Now, I want to, uh, uh, in a little bit, I want to talk about specifically Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. Because that, that's just a stupid debate. And I want to put it into it. It's just stupid. Um, but one of the questions that I asked online, or actually I, I invited people to ask a question online. I said, when it comes to protest, an important question needs to be asked. Are you protesting out of pure anger? Or are you protesting for actual justice based on our current legal system? No, and really just think about that. Really, you know, really just ask yourself that. Because I mean, you know, a lot of time, a lot of times people want to just do something. They just, you know, they're angry and they want, they just want to do something because they're angry. And I get that. I get that. I understand that. And if you want to protest, you want to march. Hey, you know, have at it. You're mad. This keeps happening. You know, and and we need to have some type of, you know. Something. I want to do something. All right, cool. Do something. But the question needs to be asked, really, do you, do you just want to do something or or do you want justice? And not just justice, because there, be, there can be vigilante justice. There can be, you know, different forms of justice. You know, a lot of people are saying, OJ, you know, that's a just punishment. He didn't go to jail for, you know, uh Nicole Brown, but he's in jail. So people are saying, oh, that's justice. But I'm saying, do you want justice based on our current legal system? And I said that if that's if it's the latter, if you really want to see justice done through the legal system, well, I said that, and this is just common sense, or it should be common sense, that it's important to allow the legal system to fully run its course. You guys see what I'm saying? You can't say I want justice, but but riot and protest prior to even giving the judicial system a chance. Like I could see if 
you know, it was an airtight case against these cops. You know, and it was like, all right, he's found not guilty or not because that's not even just. I realize that that's not what the verdict you wanted, but that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if, if you know, let's say there's evidence, there's a, a video, and there's obviously, um, you know, just cause, probable cause, or I should say, what's the word I'm looking for? There's enough evidence basically to proceed to trial. You know, in any and if you look at every all the facts and the evidence, and there's enough evidence to proceed to trial, and it should go to trial. But they say, you know what? We're not going to put this in trial. We're not going to take this to trial. We're just going to, you know, just sweep it under the rug. Then that would not be justice. That would be I could see then people saying, whoa, 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 you're closing the case. You're saying you're not even going to go to trial. That then yeah. In this case, because see, here's the, here's the problem with this. The problem with this is there's, these riots and these protests are based off of the assumption that justice isn't going to be done. Right? I mean, because let's just say hypothetically, let's just say Philando. Let's just say, all right, so they investigate. They find that they review this tape. They, they interview witnesses. They talk to the young woman. They, maybe there's additional footage or whatever. And they say, whoa, these cops were wrong. He did, in fact. I mean, we don't know this for a fact. I mean, everyone's assuming that it's, it, it went down exactly how the woman said it went down. But let's just say he did, in fact, do everything right and how, exactly how he was supposed to. And he, the, the cop just shot him dead for no reason. In that case, the, there should be a arrest. You know, that officer or those officers should be put on trial. And let's just say hypothetically... He is, in fact, found guilty. I mean, isn't that what should happen in that case? Like, if someone gets shot, he's arrested, he goes on trial, he's found guilty, he goes to jail. Let's just say hypothetically that happens. Let's just say hypothetically that happens with both these cases, Alton Sterling and Philando. Let's just say all of these officers end up in jail. I don't think that's going to happen, but let's just say it does. Let's just say the legal process, the legal system, actually did what it's supposed to do, hypothetically. Then what was all the rioting for? What was the protesting for? If, 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 the, if justice is actually done, you guys see my point? My point is let's allow the system to actually work. Now, a lot of people are saying, and I get, it, I get the argument. A lot of people are saying, well, they done. The system has failed us in the past. I said, okay, I get that. I said, I know it has. I said, we live in America. I said, I understand that. I said, but at what, I mean, so what, that's why it goes back to the original question. What do you want to do? You know, do you just want to march out of anger or do you want to allow it to actually, you know, put, now, now here's the thing. Here's, here's what I would like to see because I like to see results. Like if you're going to protest, don't protest the don't you got to protest the right thing you want to put pressure on somebody well put pressure on the right person you know what do you mean who's that well you guys got to go above got to go above the heads of these police departments you know if you really want something to happen put some put some uh pressure on the president you know let's put some pressure on the president man because the president walks around here like his his stuff don't stink 
You know, and, because this is what Obama's doing. And I get this whole thing. This is what Obama is doing right now. He is right now on track, on pace to leave office with one of the highest approval ratings in the history of this country. You know, which I think is ridiculous, but that's a whole other topic of conversation. But he's, that's what he's he's on track to do. And so my thing is, if you and that, and that's important to him. He's trying to do things that are historic. He's going to Cuba. He's going to uh, uh, Japan. You know, Hiroshima. Um, he's doing all of these different historical things that no president has ever done. And he's just trying to before he leaves, he just wants to be this this superstar who's done all these great things and you know has his high approval rating and he's he's playing it very safe and even when you hear him talk at the, at the after these events is he's just playing both sides and it's just disgusting it's disgusting to me i can't stand it i really can't stand it i mean he's he's pandering you know to, for the black people but at the same time he's walking that tightrope to make sure he doesn't say anything that offends the the white folk you know, the police department, the law enforcement, and it's just disgusting to me. You know, have a set of balls. You know, I mean, you're a black man before anything else. If that's how you feel, if you feel strongly, then step out, and whoever has a problem, you know, that's just what it is. But, you know, you can't straddle the fence. You guys know me. I don't straddle fences. I say what I feel, I, you know, and that's just what it is. That's one of the reasons why I actually respect Donald Trump because he doesn't. He says I don't agree with everything, but I respect the fact that he just says what he feels, right, wrong, whatever. It's not if he, you ask him a question, he's going to answer it. Unlike Hillary Clinton, who do, doesn't answer questions, who just BSs you all day. And it's just, you know, people need to grow a set of testicles. You know, and that's what we got to start doing. Put some pressure on him. You know, when you hold to him, when you like, when people, if the black community held Obama accountable, though as president, the same way black people held uh, George Bush accountable, oh, we'd see a whole heck of a lot more changes. There'd be a lot more pressure being put on these. You want to see pressure being put on these police departments? You want to see the the Justice Department actually, you know, do something? You you wanted to see something happen with Trayvon Martin or Sandra Bland or you know Mike Brown whatever and none of that stuff happened. Why? Because you didn't put any pressure on the president. You didn't put any, you didn't affect his his approval rating. You let him just slide on through. No accountability, no pressure, no nothing. Oh, he doesn't. He wants to make a little statement. Oh, if I if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Oh, come on, man. That's it. That's all you're gonna say. That's all you're gonna do. Come on. There's so much more that could be done. You think George Bush didn't feel the pressure about Katrina? You think he didn't feel the black outrage associated with, with New Orleans? I'm talking about that type of pressure. Put that type of pressure on him. It's amazing how that no pressure was put on him about Flint, Michigan. These people are still drinking piss water. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's... You know, not and there's no pressure being put on him as president. People are drinking. People still don't have clean water to drink, and the president is walking around scot free. Nobody sees a freaking problem with that. It's crazy, but that's what that's what needs to happen. Forget all this other stuff. You know, get some black leaders, whoever you want to get, to with a with a very large voice, and put some pressure on the president, and you'll see whatever changes you want to see. Guaranteed, but is anybody going to do that? No, because they don't have balls, they don't have testicles, they don't have a backbone. They're afraid 
to go against the grain, afraid to ruffle feathers. And it's disgusting to me. That's why I don't even say too much a lot of times. Because I just sit back and just like, yo, it's, it's ridiculous. You know? So, yeah, man, that's that's what we got to do. If you're going to protest, make sure, you know, do it all the way. You know what I mean? What Fat Joe and Remy Miles say, take it all the way up to the White House. You know, one of the, and this is this is some more foolishness. This is more, this is more media propaganda. I just threw out some some statistics for gang violence and you know van, violence in the black community, and and so I said online, and it's ridiculous, man. But we, I said, so we have Bloods and Crips. This is where this is probably one of the most ridiculous things I'll talk about tonight. We got Bloods and Crips, the two two of the historically most violent. Groups of people, you know, just just violent, just, you know, killing people at the drop of a dime, you know, killing people for initiations into the gang, you know, gang retaliation, just murder, murdering of you know, children, women, girlfriends, kidnapping, you know, just, just drugs, guns, just everything, like the most violent, as violent as we could possibly be, you know, I said that you have these two groups of people, the the most violent gangs out there. Period. They're now everyone's like saluting them because they're they're coming together. They're they're gonna put a stop to the violence. They're gonna cease fire. I'm like cease fire. Like what are you talking about? These numbers have not stopped. These deaths have not stopped, guys. Just because you get a photo op. You get some sound bites of, you know, some Bloods and Crips standing next to each other. You get the game and Snoop or any of the rest of these fake gangs. You guys know a lot of these rappers, they're not really in gangs, right? You know they pay to be able to use these these gang affiliations, right? They they actually pay these 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 local gang chapters and that's all that's a whole nother story. But yeah, they they're paying. These people aren't really gangs. These rappers aren't really gang members, gang banging. That's just something that they pay for. They pay to wear those colors. Um, but you know, my, I said online, I said, my question is how many black men have been killed, you know, by bloods and crips, you know, over the years, historically, even daily, you know, but yet those same people are marching because a few black men were killed by cops. I mean, I mean how are you a, a killer? Right. I mean, how are you a killer? How are you a drug dealer? How have you actually taken lives, innocent lives, but you're protesting the killing of a of a black man? How I mean, if you take a dictionary, right, and you look up hypocrisy, like what or Google, because nobody uses dictionary, just Google like what what is hypocrisy? You know that would be right there, right? You know, when you, like, see, people don't understand. These gang members, a lot of people have no idea what gang life is about. They have no idea. You know, it's like weird. We, that's, how, that's how desensitized and used to gang life and just crime in general we have become as a community. People have no idea what gang life is. Like, when you're in a gang, you know, it's, it's them against the world. You know, so it's like you, you carry a gun. You know, if you see someone or hear of someone disrespecting you or your gang or your, 
you know, your brother or whoever, you you're you're to kill that person. You're to put in work, as they call it. You guys know that, right? So that that's that's the gang mentality. You don't allow your gang, your set, to be disrespected. But yet we have, and that's the culture. That's how you're brought into it. And if you are seen or heard, you know, allowing someone to disrespect you or the gang or your set, then that will put you at odds with the gang, and you could potentially be killed by that gang. You know, being a gang member is for life. You know, and so unfortunately people, you know, they they don't really know that. And it's just like if people kill, they, you know, you see these teardrops. What, like I've seen people march. <laughs> It's it's so stupid. It's so hypocritical. It's almost funny. You know what I'm saying? You see people marching with with teardrops on their face. Okay, let's just hold on. Let me just let's just let that marinate for a little bit. You see people marching to protest violence and to protest the killings, the shooting deaths of black men, but you see them marching with teardrops on their face. Does does anyone see a problem with that? Does anyone see a problem with someone with a teardrop which which symbolizes if you guys are unfamiliar with with having committed not just a crime, not just being in a gang, but if you have a teardrop on your face or multiple teardrops, you get a teardrop for each person that you've killed. So, how can you protest if you are actually a killer you know again these are questions these are just questions you know what i mean these are questions that you will not hear on cnn you won't see this on your facebook news feed you won't see this in the groups that you're in you actually won't hear anyone asking these very simple questions but i feel like they're very relevant questions because i feel like they're important how do you protest something when you are actually the same type of person that should, in fact, be protested against. You know, gang members pro, uh, protesting violence. <laughs> like, gang members protesting violence. And here's the thing. I posted about that. And did you know that people actually attacked me for, for saying, they say, well, who are, you to, <laughs> who are you to judge these gang members? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, loud. it's really comical. Who are you to judge them? In? At least it's a start. Baby steps. Someone said baby steps. I'm like, baby steps? Oh, I, I only killed two people this week. You know what I mean? Oh, so, you know, we're take, that's a one step in the right direction. You know, that 3,000 number, you know, it could be up to, you know, close to 4,000. But you know what? This year is only 3,000. So let's be thankful for that. No, come on. Stop it. You know, we got to stop the foolishness. All right? Now, I po- now this, so there's that. People are excited about that. But then I post a picture an article of a a a, uh, a gospel hip hop artist praying for a police officer that went viral. You know, I post that. You know, nobody nobody really cares. You know, and so that, that's just it's like that type of hypocrisy that I have an issue with. You know, we have Christians who really could care less about a a, a Christian rapper praying for a police officer. See the problem, and the problem with that is because people don't really want to pray. And that's really what it comes down to. People really don't want to pray. 
and it's it's kind of like what I talked about this morning, or you know, this morning online when I and what I talked about at the beginning of the show, where I talked about um, Ephesians six twelve. You know, I, people don't want to hear that the struggle isn't isn't against flesh and blood. They're like, oh, oh no, yes it is. They're like, oh yes, that is the, the struggle. That is the battle. That is the war. It is a war of black and white. And it's like, well, eh. no, the Bible says it's actually against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of the dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That's actually what the war really is. It's actually not black versus white. It's, you know, police killing black men is actually not the biggest problem that we have. It's actually the problem of good versus evil. That's actually the biggest problem that we that's at faith that we face today as as Christians, as believers, you know, I mean people are more mad about people getting killed than they are, you know, these homosexuality bills being passed. And I'm just like, what? What you know, like for me, I'm outraged about that. You know, I'm outraged that, that Satan is winning right now on this earth. That's what outrages me. Because I understand that the battle is, is, isn't between flesh and blood. I understand that the battle is actually between good versus evil. But unfortunately, most people don't, um, you know, understand that. I'm not going to say believe that because it doesn't matter if you believe or not. It's Do you understand it? You know, it, that's what it is. That's what the Bible says. <clears throat> you know, so that's, there's that. Now, I, w- I want to talk about this, this Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter and you know this. I've seen a lot of things. I follow politics. You know, I've seen a lot of debates. I've watched every single debate from this uh, this election year. I've watched you know just about every debate from previous election years, and um, I've heard a lot of questions. I've seen a lot of answers. But to this day, I, I mean, I've talked about this before. We you know I've talked a lot. I've done a lot of shows on the election. Talked a lot about Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and the whole process from. But I, I, I've never seen or heard anything like this before in my life. You know, you, you have questions about Benghazi and, you know, abortion and, you know, just so many different topics. But one of the main questions that was posed to all the candidates was, and I st- it's, it's amazing to me, it's do black lives matter or do all lives matter? And I've, I, you guys have heard me talk about this before. And I'm talking about it again because it was ridiculous then, and it, and it's ridiculous now. It will always be ridiculous. That question, I don't care how you twist it, it's a stupid question. It's an even stupider question to ask presidential candidates in an election. I mean, I I, I would I could ask my daughter that. You know what I mean? My I could ask my five year old daughter that. You know. Would you say that black lives matter, or do you think that all lives matter? I mean, ask some of these kids that. And, you know, and, and, and what's even sadder is that being labeled a racist, you know, for saying that all lives matter. I, I just, we live in such a, a backward society. We live in such a... A brainwashed society. So the media, the media has brand, has convinced people that saying something that is common sense, not just common sense, but something that is biblically based, 
something that Jesus Christ himself has said and would say if he walked the earth today. You know, when saying that all lives matter, you know, like everyone's life has value. Maybe that's what the new hashtag is, you know, like don't maybe don't say all lives matter because I can see how the media has convinced people that that you know in response I shouldn't even say that. I'm not going to bail them out. I'm not going to even say that because even in response to it it's not racist. Are actual racists feeding into you know the media allowing them to use that as a racist uh, you know, platform to combat Black Lives Matter. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely happening. You know, they're just embracing what the media is allowing them to do. So it's like, okay, Black Lives Matter is this movement. So we got to have the, the media has to push this good versus evil, this you know, black versus white, this this theme, this agenda. So now we got Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. So if you're on the black side, then you're good, or depending on how you look at it. If you're on the all lives matter, you're good, and black lives matter is bad, or your black lives matter is good, and you know it's whichever side you're on. But it's all media driven. It's all neither one of these movements was originated in, in a negative way. You know the Black Lives Matter movement was was birthed to be a response to unjust and unlawful killings of African Americans. And that's a good thing. You understand? I, I wish it was called something else, like for the reasons that I stated earlier in the show. Um, I think the the way that it's being presented is a joke. As I've said that before, it's ridiculous. It's counterproductive. I stand by that. I do not support it at all because I think it is ridiculous to say Black Lives Matter when, as if to say that we don't have we don't have the right to say that. You know, we don't we do not have the right to say black lives matter when we are the most violent group of people in the world. We do not have that right. It's it's hypocritical. It's 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 hypocritical. We kill each other more than anyone, but yet we want to convince people that our life that's just stupid to me. Period. All right. Now, but I understand that that's not how it originated. You know, it was in response to negativity, and I get that. But because you have all lives matter people, you know, who have who are racist embracing it, that's the issue with that. But in and of itself, you know, if you just, if, if you take away Black Lives Matter and you just say, hey guys, let's stop killing each other because everyone's life has value, all lives are important, all lives matter. If you just totally take away Black Lives Matter, then there's nothing racist about that. That's common sense. But because the media is pushing it, put it pitting them against each other. That's why it's racist. But, you know, and the saddest part about it is that we can't even have a debate in this country without it being classified as racist. Right? I mean, you can't even have, like, if you think about it, you really can't even have a, like, if I said, all right, you know, I support Black Lives Matter, and somebody else says, all right, well, I support All Lives Matter. I support Blue Lives Matter. Well, then that can't be a, a healthy conversation, according to the media. That has to be racist. You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't we just sit down and have a conversation about, hey, this is how we feel, this is how we feel, and let's see how we can move forward. But no, but to do that, you know, it's it's got to be racist. And that is just so stupid. 
It's just stupid. It's divisive. The whole thing is divisive. I mean, just saying Black Lives Matter is di- is dividing. It's you can't say we want things to be equal, but then you're separate. You're you're you know you're isolating yourself and you know, putting yourself in this category that says you know we matter. We know we matter. That's I mean every come on. You don't have to say you matter. You know, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, because I mean I've done this on an individual level. You know what I'm saying? Like we've done, you know, uh, we've been. I've been talking about this for years. I mean, whether it was me and Gerald, me and Courtney, me and Morgan. Um, I mean, different. I've been talking about this stuff for over ten years, guys. I mean, this is nothing new. Going back to Gina Six. I mean, I've literally talked about every single, you know, uh, case. Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, Mike Brown, Trayvon, you know, Troy Davis. You know, you name it. I've discussed it. And I mean, and if you look at the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, it's it's this whole thing is lumping all of these killings together as if they're one. It's one big thing, but the reality is, you really can't do that. You, you, you know, you can't do that, and that's another real reason why I have such a problem with this with this Black Lives Matter because, you know, that's no one wants to hear this, but each of these killings wasn't murder. I mean, you, you guys know that, right? Each of these killings was not murder. You know, they were every single one of those killings was unfortunate. Every single one of these killings was tragic. But every single one of those killings wasn't murder. And I'm not going to go into, you know, what was, what wasn't, because again, I've discussed, I've done literally three hour shows on each of those topics that are all available for you guys to hear. So you can actually hear from a legal standpoint, from a a police uh, procedural, you know, perspective, you know, to hear exactly why certain cases were not murder and, you know, why uh, George Zimmerman was found not guilty and just different things. So, and and that's, and and so that's the issue I have. It's, it's, It's basically implying that basically every time, you know, there's a police shooting that it's murder and that it's wrong even. Every police shooting of a black man is not wrong. You guys know that, right? I have black cops, friends, who have discharged their weapons. I mean, every shooting is not wrong. <clears throat> I'm, and here's the funniest thing about it. It's actually not funny, but like I told you, I was pulled over two weeks ago. I had a gun in my face. I had a gun in my face, and I, I mean, interesting, in, in retrospect, I probably could have been shot very, very easily, you know, but I was very careful about the movements I made and things that I said, so it didn't get to that point, but I can very easily think of a few different things, very slight things, that I could have either done or said that would have led to a much, di- <laughs> put like this, led to me not. You know, having them say, all right, you know what, whatever, man, just go home. Just You know what I mean? Just get home safe. But nobody would have, if I would have been like, all right, yeah, you know, I have a gun in the car. And I was like, um, you know, he's like, where's the gun at? And this, is all, this all happened. He's like, where's the gun? I'm like, it's in my bag. He's like, where's it? Get the gun. <laughs> you know, that's the funniest thing. He told me to get the gun. You guys know that, right? He told me, now watch this, now we're talking about a gun, and so I, let's say hypothetically, man, whatever, fine, I'll get the gun, and I go in my bag, pop, 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 right, now I'm dead, 
and now everyone's marching, you know, for me, and I'm, you know, people are protesting me. You know, and I'm the next Trayvon Martin, I'm the next Mike Brown or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you straight up that, you, I mean, that's, that's what people don't want to hear. I'm telling you very specific things that I personally could have done. I didn't do it because I'm not stupid. And I've, you know what I'm saying? And I know what not to do, but I'm saying no one would have wanted to hear that crap. No one wanted to have, no one would have wanted to hear what I did. Or actually, really, no one would have known. Because watch this. Watch this. Watch this. This is going to piss a lot of people off. It was just me and the cops. I don't know if they had body cams or dashboard cams or whatever. Or somebody was secretly recording. I don't know. But let's just say hypothetically, there were no cameras and it was just their word versus mine. And he's like, no, nah, he went for his gun. Right? He said he had a gun in the car. He said he had a gun in his bag and he went for the gun. Now watch this though. This is going to, this is going to really be crazy. Watch this. I think I told you all when I did the Orlando shooting, when I told the whole story. Watch this. Hypothetically, I went into my bag, right, which I actually did, you know, but I did it very carefully because he told me to do it or whatever. But I, I went into my bag. But let's say I did it. I did a, like a crazy reaction, went into my bag, right, and they shoot me. But watch this. The gun wasn't even in my bag. This is crazy. The gun wasn't. I thought it was. <clears throat> this is a true story, guys. I'm telling you straight up. I carry my gun normally, but I think I was I uh, I, I was in an environment where I had it on my person, right? And and I got into a different car, the car that I was in when I got pulled over. But the gun I left it at home. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't have the gun on me. So what if they would have shot me? What if I would have made a, a quick jerk? As if I'm going for the gun, they shoot me, and then forensic evidence determines that there was no gun in the car. So now, what's the headline? What's the CNN headline? Talk show host, author, entrepreneur, Dayton Tolbert was shot and killed by an un, you know, unarmed, unarmed man, Dayton Tolbert, was shot and killed by police. You know, and it's, oh my gosh, and they... They said, no, he said he had a gun, though. They didn't find no gun. They, you know what I'm saying? He didn't go for gun. He didn't even have a gun. But I actually told him I had a gun. I told him it was in my bag. I went into my bag. Now, the gun wasn't there, but you guys see how that works? I'm just trying to, and again, I'm not saying that these situations happen or they don't happen or that's what happened with Alton Sterling. or I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that I'm just encouraging people to think. I'm encouraging people to think outside the box. I'm encouraging people to, and I'm not saying police don't lie. I'm not saying that they can't lie. But I'm just saying everything isn't a lie. I'm saying that everything that the media pushes is not necessarily how it happens. Don't you guys understand that the media has an agenda of inciting a race war. If you don't understand that, you've been living under a rock. It's their job to incite a race war against the police versus us. It's a much larger agenda that I don't necessarily feel like talking about tonight. I talked about it in great detail last uh, on, on Saturday night. The big agenda. you know. But the overall agenda is to make it illegal to protest. And then when, when stuff happens and people do protest... Then that's when the police, I think an executive order was just filed with the White House 
um, where where you know it authorizes and explains you know police you know uh, killing civilians. It, it's deep, but everything is not how it seems. You know, we have to start. All I really, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with us just caring, just just asking questions of, hey, what happened? You know, what what actually happened? You, you guys know that, like, most people, I've talked to people, most people i talk to, they have no idea what happened with Mike Brown. They have no idea. They just know that a black man was shot. I said, well, you, you know that based on forensic evidence, like, he was, there was an altercation and... You know, Mike Brown charged at the cop, you know, and you know that because he was shot in the top of the head. His head was down. He was charging towards, and they said he was going for his gun, He was, and the cop, you know, shot him. I said, you, you realize that, right? Got a big, huge guy charging a cop, and he shot him. I said, according to police procedure, that was not necessarily murder. That was a justifiable shooting. You know, people don't even know that. There are people listening right now that that's news to. They say, "Well, he didn't. That doesn't justify." I'm not even saying if it justifies. I'm just. I just want people to care. That's all I want. I'm okay with just them asking that question of what happened. We live in a society where people don't even care what happened. They just follow whatever the media says happened, and that's my issue. That's what I would like to change. I like us to actually have brains and to use those brains and to use common sense and intelligence and make our own decisions, ask our own questions. A couple other things that I want to just get into briefly, and I'm going to wrap it up because, like I said, I'm not going to do a three-hour show tonight going to sleep. But um, politics, you know, I, uh, if you guys have been following the news, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders officially endorsed Hillary Clinton for uh, for president of the United States. And I just, you know, I'm just very disappointed in that. Very disappointed in that. You know, and it's 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 really amazing. You know, it's it's no one has any testicles, and it's really disgusting. I mean, they have no backbone. You know, no no type of uh, sense of wow, like I'm a man. You know, Bernie Sanders. No, I have no respect for him at this point. And the reason why I say this is because. Like, it's one thing to, like, if you know, like, all right, I'm going to run for president, you know what, and you're going to run for president, but you know what, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to be your vice president, or you're going to be my vice president, and then we're just going to beat Donald Trump together. And let's just, that's how we're going to play. If, you know, may the best man or woman win. Like, I, I would have respected him more if, if he did it like that, you know what I'm saying, or if they did it like that. It's like, all right, you know, let's just have this agreement. Because that, that, that's how politics often goes. It's like, 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 Doug, like, what is it? Uh, Chris Christie, Chris Christie and Donald Trump. It's like, okay, I insult you, you insult me, but we don't say anything too damaging, you know. Now, okay, you won the primary, whatever. So I'm gonna support you. I may be your VP. Cool. Like, you know, that's just what it is. But don't say things. You can't call someone corrupt. You can't base your entire campaign like Bernie Sanders did on on a corrupt and as he called it rigged system, which it absolutely is. Which it 100% is. The system is rigged. There is absolutely a a corrupt campaign financing system in place. 
Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump are 100% correct because they're both saying the same thing, which is a whole other issue. People hate Donald Trump, but they love Bernie Sanders when they're literally saying the same exact thing about the government. You know what I mean? That's a whole other topic, though. They're saying the same thing. Donald Trump is keeping it real about how the government works as far as being corrupt. Bernie Sanders was keeping it real about how the government is corrupt. You know, and you and you so you can't, as Bernie Sanders say, the system is corrupt and puts pawns in place to do their corrupt bidding, people like Bill Clinton, people like Hillary Clinton, people like Barack Obama. You cannot insult the, the, the integrity of people and then Two weeks later, a month later, say you're going to endorse them and you're going to support them. That's that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. You you just you just got finished accusing this woman. That's what people don't even know. most people don't even know what I'm talking about because they don't watch the debates. They have no idea what's even going on with this political race. Bernie Sanders basically said that Hillary Clinton is 100% corrupt because she got paid $500,000, you know, for a couple speeches, $200,000 $200, a pop, just to give an hour-long speech, a two-hour speech, multiple speeches at $200,000 a pop, you know, and, and as in, you know, in addition to the, in return for that. She's getting, she's, you know, she's doing favors. The same favors she did for Donald Trump, you know what I'm saying, when, when he was on the other side. You cannot call someone corrupt on that level and insult their entire integrity, insult their entire platform and everything that they do and have done in their political career. You know what I'm saying? Get people to buy into it. Get millions of people to support you specifically because of that that you know, calling them out and calling her corruption out, and then now you're saying that you support this person. Man, that's the, that's like that's crazy to me. You know, I mean, that's like really crazy. I, I mean, I at this point, I really can't say that you know things surprise me or I can't believe that that happened. But it's just like, yo, I, I see something new every day. I would have never thought Bernie Sanders would sell out. I mean, he was like. The person that just would never sell out, but he sold out. And why? You saw he—it was like he had a, a meeting with Obama, and they made a—they made sure. This is how corrupt they are. This is how how sick and perverted the media is. They made sure to make a big deal out of his this White House meeting with no cameras allowed and no media. Like, yeah, so ten o'clock. We're broadcasting live from the White House where Bernie Sanders has just arrived to have this, you know, meeting with Barack Obama. And we're we're assuming, we're told that it's going to have something to do with him and in the race and, and possibly dropping out and, and endorsing Hillary Clinton. You know, so we will keep you posted on this, but media is not allowed and da 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 but there is a meeting with Barack Obama. Next thing you know, this dude is supporting Hillary Clinton. All that all that talk. All that talk, all that corruption, all that rigged system. So now you're supporting the rigged system. You know, man, he sold out. There's no, there's no word for it other, other than selling out. You, you guys know that, right? So if Bernie sold out, <laughs> you know what I mean? You already know Hillary's been sold out. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So I just want to touch on that, though. You know, because we're seeing a lot of um, 
I mean, it's it's the end of the world, guys. I mean, it's the end. Of, I mean, seriously, it's the it's the end. It's we're getting closer to the end. I mean, stuff is just. If you look at what the Bible says in Revelations about the level of corruption that will exist around the time uh, that that Jesus returns, you look at you know worlds at war, you know countries at war, corruption, the the falling of governments, and just different things that are happening that obviously everyone sees. All around us. I mean, these are definitely we're in the Book of Revelations. We are absolutely approaching, you know, that time that the Bible speaks of, you know, and uh, you know, it's it's it is what it is. You know, that's that's basically it, though. Like I said, I, there's some other stuff that I was gonna uh, get into. There's still some Ask State on advice questions. There's some there's some uh, some entertainment news that I wanted to uh, discuss, but. I'm a, I'm gonna let this marinate a little bit though, you know, because like I said, I've talked about a lot of different things. I've, uh, you know, discussed a lot of different topics. Hopefully, gave you guys some things to think about regarding Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. There's this new thing, Blue Lives Matter, and that's I cannot stress enough. These are these are nationally trending topics and and nationally trending hashtags. Okay, these are things. These are these are things that have gone viral. You put something with these hashtags, you know, ninety percent of the time it's going viral. You know, and the, this is this is all government and media, which is the same thing. It's engineered. All lives matter versus Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. Police versus the Black community versus the White community. That is the foundation. For the impending race war that is absolutely on its way, I just want to be clear. That's it. That's the foundation. You can have black versus white, and cops, pretty much versus everybody. I know. I 100%. If you guys missed my special on the Dallas shooting from Saturday night, I, you know I don't know what you guys think. I know what the media has been saying. That absolutely, let me be clear, that absolutely was engineered by the government. I don't want anybody to think, you you can call it a conspiracy theory, call it whatever you like. But if you don't believe, or I should say, if you think that whatever the guy's name, you know, the black guy that that supposedly did all this, come on, stop it. This was a government-engineered shooting specifically designed to lay the foundation for black but you don't need it. They don't need help with black versus white. That's already, you know, in the mix. But you had to add that, you know, that police piece to it. That's how they did it. It's 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 really common sense. I mean, that's what I would do if I was a a sick person that the Bible refers to as what's the Bible say as, as the powers of this dark world. Like if I was one of the powers of this dark world, you know what I'm saying? Then that's what I would do. I shoot up the cops, and now you got. It's kind of like what, um, how how they got the United States to enter was it World War Two? They do they 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 bomb Pearl, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor. You know what I'm saying? That's the. How do you get us to enter a war? Well, you, you bomb us. Now we're in it. Now you know how do you get the cops into this war on black versus white? I mean, they were really in it, but how do you really, really, really get them in it? Really put them on edge because the protests they don't really care about the protests, but when somebody's associated with the protests that's actually shooting, oh no that now they're in it on a whole nother level.
And so, and that's what they wanted. Now you got now the stage is set. It's kind of, it's all fake, guys. It's kind of like WrestleMania. How do you? I mean, come on, I've been watching wrestling my whole life. You got, I mean, you know, you they hype it up. You know, one person fights another person. You know, and as you know, uh, two three weeks before WrestleMania, somebody else gets involved or something else happens. And that just makes people want to tune into WrestleMania even more because of what just happened a week prior to WrestleMania. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to see what happens. I got to see how this resolves itself. Well, now the stage is set. Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. The stage is set. Now all we need is the next big thing, and it's it's lights out, man. You know, it's, it's you know, let's let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> this is nothing. You think this past week was something? Oh, you guys haven't seen anything yet. Oh, I promise. Let's mark this date on your calendar. You you guys know something really, 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 really crazy is coming. Something really, 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 really tragic is coming. I promise you this is this is this will that will make this past weekend seem like nothing. It's coming. You don't it's WrestleMania is coming. You don't create a stage of black versus blue versus all eyes man without something crazy coming. I don't know what it's going to be, but why, you know, and, and and that, whatever that is, is going to really push this, this legislation through, you know, to and the, the confiscation of the gun, the guns is the, you know, the, the martial law is ultimately coming, the, you know, the, it's going to be a, you know, no protests are allowed, they're going to ban protests. Because the, and, and they're going to use this, this shooting as the foundation. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 no more protests because these cops got killed. Somebody used the, the protest to open fire. So no, no more protests. Any, any, any protesting, I told you all this on Saturday, I'm just repeating. Any protests will be, you know, broken up by use of physical force. That's why the White House is putting out these, uh, you know, and Obama's signing these legislative, these executive orders. Letting you know up front, like yo, if you, you know, lives will be lost if if there are organized, you know, protests, you know, in public places because they're going to make it illegal. And then after a certain point, there's, you're not going to have any guns because now they got open, you got open carry, people walking around with going to these protests with AR-15s and this and that and all that's legal. No, 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 they're not going to, you know, they're going to nip that in the butt. You know, because when they start shooting into the crowd like Tiananmen Square, they don't want any bullets going back in the opposite direction. See, all the people listen. Oh, now nah, he's tripping. No, nah, nah, you, you'll see. You know, I'm, you think I'm tripping, but nah, this is all—it's all biblical, and it's—it's it's the foundation. We may not even see it in our lifetime, in our lifetime, but the 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 stage is set, guys. So I just want you guys to be aware, be alert, be vigilant, because. As the Bible says, there is absolutely, you know, the enemy roaming around like a lion looking for people to devour. And, and, and we as Christians, we as believers, we as peaceful individuals, unfortunately, are being devoured. You know, and so we got to, um, you know, it's got to be aware and, and continue to pray. Don't allow the media. I said this last time. Do not allow the media to take your mind, don't allow anger to take your mind off of God and off of prayer and off of, you know, having a sound and, and, and level-headed, slow-to-anger temperament. 
That's a lot. I'm saying, you know, not a lot of people who are slow to anger these days. So I'm not going to hold you all up, man. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And, um, you know, I'll be here. You know, I'll be here. I was live on, on, on Saturday. I was live tonight. So, you know, I'll continue to, you know, to just come back as as new developments become, you know, happen. And, and, not, and not just that, man, because I don't want this. This is cool. You know, I'll continue to do this. But at the end of the day, I, I want to get back to what you guys know me for and, and which is love and which is, you know, building and cultivating, you know, positive, godly, you know, relationships that ultimately lead to marriage and, you know, talking about the issues that, um, you know, are are specifically keeping many women from finding love and, 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 and you know, leading, helping or leading to men not being able to find that virtuous woman that the Bible speaks of. So, in fact, one of our next uh, shows is going to be on um, very simple. Why am I single? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Like, I can't wait to get back to what I do. Um, I shouldn't really say what I do because this, this is what I do. But that's also something that I do, and it's something I'm passionate about. So I can't wait to get back to that. You know, just But, yeah, so look out for that title, Why, why Am I Single? Or or maybe why am I not married? You know, yeah, maybe we'll do a play on that. You know what I'm saying? Why why did I get married? Why have I not? I like that. There it is. Why have I not gotten married? But the the point of the show is going to be on, you know, just looking at you know, you know, and addressing many of the topics. Really going back to square one, right? the topics, the issues that are preventing many women from. Um, from being able to have love and it's not you know it's not let's blame women it's not let's you know let's bash women. that's not you know you should know by now that's not what i do but it's really just you know let's look at what's happening let's look at what what are some issues that are keeping women single and so from a from a biblical standpoint so guys that's it man so look out for that that'll be my next live show unless, unless something crazy happens you know what i mean and and, if, and and when that if but when that happens i definitely will be back live to discuss that but in the meantime you know, that'll be my next live show. So thanks for listening, and I will see you guys next time. Good night. Come and rock your world. Mm. Let date on be your motivation. Child, let date on tour motivate you.
Date on tour, motivation, child. Date on tour, come and change your world. 